We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We got to consider that. It's embarrassing, but we are who we are. We're not a very good team, but we're three and one somehow. And we got all the voters fooled, thinking we're pretty good. Jaworski Lane at 275 pounds showed a heck of a lot of athletic ability. All right, let's talk some college football, Jonathan. Uh, a hell of a week. In college football last week, I, I was uh, out with some friends celebrating uh, a, a, a friend's sister's birthday or friend's sister's boyfriend's birthday, excuse me. But, uh, you know, it was one of those nights where I kind of had to go out of my way and, and make sure I'm locked in. I'm like, you know, looking ahead to the places that we're going. I'm like, all right, they do have TVs. Check, check. We're going to be good. <laughs> um, but Georgia takes care of Tennessee in the afternoon. You know, we had Notre Dame just stomping on Clemson. Uh, and then, of course, the treat at night, LSU outlasting Alabama. That was that was the game of the year. It was. It was. That was, and you know, you didn't think that uh, Tennessee Bama could be topped, but right. th- this one uh, just epic. You know, we always look forward to to that LSU Bama game uh, every first week of November, and you know that this one, you know, the the Crimson Tide come in. They're they're famous for being like really the only team that can routinely uh, beat LSU in in Death Valley, and LSU you know, such a tale of two seasons for for them where they, they lose the first weekend to, to, you know, what has turned into a respectable Florida State team, but, you know, get get steamrolled by Tennessee, at which point, you know, I left them for dead. And then they're they like sneakily favored against Ole Miss and everyone's like, oh, that's, that's a rat line. Like it, mm-hmm. something, something's off there and they crush Ole Miss. Uh, they had beaten Florida previously and it's like, okay, maybe there, there really is some juice here with this LSU program and and they went toe to toe with, with Alabama. They, they kept that offense in check and did enough for their part on offense with what they have, which isn't a ton. Uh, it is cool that Jason Taylor's kid uh, scored those last two uh, oh, yeah. touchdowns uh, for, for LSU. Uh, and I mean, it was just, it was epic. I mean, a, a big game at tiger stadium, I think is like the craziest environment you could, you can really yeah. dream up. And it was great to see that, that game ultimately deliver, uh, when, you know, the odds suggested that it might not. And then the Georgia game, the way that the betting markets shaped up during the course of the week, it made me feel all that much better about Georgia. Like I was legitimately concerned about that game. I thought the way that Tennessee's offense had been rolling, the defense looked a little bit better in recent weeks. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe they have, maybe this is just kind of their year and that they're kind of team of destiny and uh, Georgia, 
has a couple of flaws on their team. They're, they're not fatal flaws, but you know, may, maybe this is the week where they can't keep up in a shootout, that type of deal. But 90% of the money comes in on, on Tennessee covering. It's like, uh, no, no, no. Like they, they, these books aren't still standing because they're paying out 90% of the bets uh, placed with them. So yeah, uh, I was, I was obviously very uh, juiced by, by the dogs and, and what they did. And now, now it feels like they've kind of built a moat between them and, and the number two, three and four teams in the country. I feel that way too. It's, it's really starting to feel like Georgia is just kind of usurped Alabama. And I, you know, I, I think all the talk of like, is, is Alabama done? Is the dynasty over? Like, I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, I, I think just, you know, the, the teams at the top have just closed that gap a little bit and Alabama is still going to be there every single year. And they've, they've lost two extremely close games. I, I think, um, you know, we, we tend to sway way too far in the other direction based on a close result, but yeah, it, it is shocking to see Alabama lose these type of games that they've, it feels like they win that game every single time over the last decade. But, uh, you know, the, the, the talk of the, the demise, I think to me is a little bit premature, but I mean, I Georgia, saw... now, Georgia has that air where you just don't expect them to lose ever. It, it's happened so quickly. Yeah. I mean, they just have, you know, kind of like Bama did, you know, the, these last few years or, you know, the last like 15 years where it's just like, they, they make a play in someone's backfield and you're like, Oh my God, who is this monster? And like yeah. Georgia has those guys now, like those guys are, are going to, to UGA now, like Jalen Carter is just such a beast. Um, but you know, when it, when it comes to Bama and the dynasty talk, um, I, I saw, you know, I, I think that it's understandable to, to see the hot take that, Oh, is this, is this over for Saban? That that's become more common every time that, that they've lost over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but at the I saw one, uh, major outlets say something to the effect of, uh-oh, Saban's angry. Look out for him on the recruiting trail. <laughs> um, to which I, I tweeted a picture. Uh, CBS, uh, thankfully, like had had this one locked and loaded, ready to go, where it had in one list uh, the greatest recruiting classes of the recruiting you know, uh, online rankings era. Bama has two of the top five, uh, one of which those guys are true sophomores. Yeah. So how much how – much more anger does he need to make it better? Like, I, I don't, I don't Is he going to start like kidnapping recruits and just be like, you're coming with me. No, yeah, you're coming like, to Alabama. The other guys just simply aren't allowed to commit elsewhere. Yep. Like that, that's really the only, only way. I mean, it's just, it's a preposterous take to, to insinuate that, that Bama's anything other than kind of like maxed out as far as their recruiting and their resources and their NIL and, and, you know, the mm. attractiveness of that program through the transfer portal, the transfer portal, if anything, they, they get, uh, all this praise for all oh, the rich get richer when Jermaine Burton goes there, when, uh, when yep. Tyler Harrell goes there, it's obviously worked with, with uh, Jameer Gibbs this year, worked with, with Jameson Williams last year, but it, it's not the end all be all. It's not something uh, that, that automatically is going to take you over the top either. And, you know, everyone was, you know, just beside themselves, just like, Oh, Saban's Saban's figured out the transfer portal now too. look out. And uh, that they, they've lost uh, two games and they're not going to have Bryce young next year. So, Hmm. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. I mean, I, I again, I don't think it's over for Alabama. I, I think the bigger concern is like when does Nick Saban hang it up? I mean, that's obviously when you when you go into panic mode and, and things could really turn if you're Alabama. But to me, it's just you know they're they're judged on a different level than everybody else. You sure. know, it's like no other team loses a game on a last second field goal, and the next day the topic is are they done? Are they cooked? Is the dynasty over? It's like they you know they they are allowed to lose games here and there, and they, you know they were very close to winning the national title last year. You know, you got your top two receivers end up being injured. I know you don't want to go into that. Uh, but you know, how quickly they forget, like, it's not like Alabama is coming off of like 
a fifth straight year where they didn't make the college football playoff. Yeah, th this feels like a, a weird year. Uh, you know, they, yeah. they didn't make it in 2020 because, you know, Tua got hurt or 2019 because Tua got hurt. But, um, you know, generally you just it, it kind of start your preseason projections by kind of penciling them into to the playoff and, and you kind of right. work from there. And it's like, OK, if Bama's in, then, you know, it, is there a team from the West that could do anything? You know, it does the team that they play in the SEC championship. Uh, are they are they going to be able to survive the loss to Bama and still get in like that? It, it it all still kind of revolves around Bama until until, you know, proven otherwise. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that this is over. But but like you said, if there's another year or two in which Alabama underperforms, doesn't make it to Atlanta. Uh, I think that Saban hates losing so much that he would step away before he sees this program like, you know, fall into some sort of mediocre rut at which point you know then alabama is tasked with doing the impossible and finding his replacement yeah exactly so georgia's in the driver's seat right now we know that they look like the best team they are the best team which likely or potential playoff team scares you most like if you're georgia who do you not want to see in round one or who do you not want to see in the final um i think it's still probably ohio state i know that they haven't played that well lately uh, last weekend's game was a mess uh down there in evanston um, you know, Ryan Day's like before the game, I'm watching game day. He's like, uh, yeah, th or, uh, they pose a question to him, like, uh, what are you going to do about the, the weather? And he's like, well, we're going to run our offense. It's like, well, that, that didn't go so hot, but, um, you know, when it comes to the playoff, that that's not going to matter. It's going to be played in, in good neutral conditions. And I, I just think that Ohio state's a game is as good as basically anybody's, um, it, They've been able to do this with with basically no Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, Mar Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ibuka, Julian Fleming, the, um, Cade Stover. I, I thought that he was kind of one of the unsung heroes of that Penn State game. I didn't really think that Ohio State had much in the tight end room, but uh, he looks like he's pretty legit as well. And the defense, you know, that, that was kind of what kept them left out of the playoff. Last year, the defense looks a lot better with, with Jim Knowles at the helm, so... Ohio State definitely scares me. Michigan is is very very good, but they play a style that that you know we we saw round one of how that happens against Georgia in the Orange Bowl last year. I think the result would be rather uh, similar. And then uh, I, Oregon's obviously played really well. I don't think the game would be a forty nine to whatever blowout the the way it was in week one. But um, you know that they, they are obviously playing uh, at a much different level than they were to, to start the season. They've really gelled, and Bo Nix has put himself into the Heisman discussion. Um, but like a, a TCU doesn't scare me. Uh, Tennessee, you know, maybe there's a path for them in if there's some more carnage up front and, and the Big Ten doesn't get two teams in and TCU loses, maybe there's a way that they that they sneak uh, their way in. But really only Ohio State truly like would uh, give me some serious concern. Yeah, I think that's the right answer. Um, and, and the odds certainly reflect that over at BetMGM, Georgia minus 105 to win it all. Ohio State uh, sitting at plus 225. And then you get a bit more of a gap before you get into the Michigan, Tennessee, Oregon's uh, of the world. But let's talk week 11 here. Uh, which games are you keeping an eye on and, and what are your favorite bets? Yeah, so th this week um, we're, we're lacking a little bit as far, you know, last week was just so sick that it's hard to like ha have that repeat. But obviously I think that the TCU Texas game uh, kind of has the most importance to it. Um, I feel like TCU can cover that. Uh, they're, they're a touchdown underdog against uh, the, the Horns. But, you know, 
Sonny Dykes has, has famously had teams that that struggle uh, late in the season. It wasn't pretty necessarily for TCU last week. And if Quentin Johnson is out, they're going to kind of have to restructure the offense because they had become so insanely reliant on Johnson uh, in recent weeks, basically since the start of October. Like he'd been seeing like 15 targets a game, gets that ankle sprain. We'll see what's up with him. But as it stands, I still like TCU to, to hang on or hang in there. Uh, Ole Miss, Bama, interesting as well. You know, Bama, despite the loss, uh, still big favorites against Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss holds their own in that one. Uh, I think they can limit a little bit of, of what the Alabama passing game can do. Not not a shot at Bryce Young, but a, more more so of a shot at the at the pass catchers for Alabama. They're, they're just really not getting it done the way that a lot of people expected. So um, I think that Ole Miss, if they get the ground game established with Judkins and, and Evans and Jackson Darts running around a little bit, I think they keep this one. Uh, close, closer than than the twelve point spread. Um, that's that's basically it as far as the marquee matchups for for this weekend, in my opinion. But some other bets that I like, I like the over in Pitt versus Virginia, especially if Pitt gets um, Izzy Abanaconda back in the fold, back in the backfield. Uh, he's he's been an electric runner. Uh, yeah, not pretty good. Um, and then uh, you know Virginia, their offense stinks relative to to recent years. A tragedy for for the college fantasy football guys out there, but um, I think that, that this number is just a little bit too low. Um, I think that Maryland can cover twelve points against Penn State last week. They, they just don't beat teams like Wisconsin. That too physical for for a Mike Loxley team. But uh, I think that Penn State, um, you know, this is a this is a de facto rivalry game for Maryland. I think that they get up for it and they they lose by ten instead of twelve. Um, I like A and M over Auburn, especially if A and M get, gets uh, Connor Wegman back. At quarterback, and I, I like Troy minus nine Ooh. over Navy or Army. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, e- easy to confuse those two. Uh, we'll go out on this. I, I don't. I don't care about your your take on Wisconsin minus one and a half at Iowa. I do care dearly about your take on the total thirty five for this game. Give me the under. Give me the under. I want. I want to see thirteen ten Wisconsin. You're a coward if you don't bet the under. Yes, facts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.